So yeah, so Donald Trump Jr. this morning tweeted some some shit about uh, the Washington Post, but he typoed the Washington Post tagline, which is like democracy dies in darkness right and he was like no wonder they're saying <laughs> democracy dies in dankness <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and he just uh, le- he just left accurate? it up I, I hope that i hope there were some good responses to that because oh it was some good stuff dankness the dankness is well so didn't good. they just have like a, a typo on the state of the union union or yeah, the, oh yeah, on, on all the, the tickets the or whatever. Of the union tickets spelled it Unium <laughs> instead. Yeah, it's so perfect because it's like that sounds like uh, that sounds like some sort of like sushi roll or something. Or like a snack you know, food. Union. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a soup to me. Like <laughs> yeah, Unium soup. Well, it, it makes sense because oh, uh, yeah, Donald Trump was or looking. Houdon. Donald Trump was looking <laughs> like a snack up there. So yeah, it was it was the state of never say state, of, state of the Unium. <laughs> Oh god. It's like Okay. <laughs> you are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm doing alright. I'm gonna try to stay awake through the recording of this podcast. Good luck. That's right. We we can't wait to uh, what is it? Spring forward or something? Daylight <laughs> oh. savings time. That's yeah, going to that, be even greater for you. Is that happening? <laughs> not yet. Not, I don't not, think. not yet. Wait, why we're is, still in winter. We got a while. <laughs> why, yeah. Why, yeah. Why is Brendan going to fall asleep? Oh, I'm just saying this is going to warp him up and stuff. You know. Oh, okay. It's going to mess things up with. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> daylight savings time. But why are you tired, Brendan? I mean, oh, I just, it's you only know, nine o'clock. It's just the news and you know life and you know all oh, that. Dude. You know, it gets. He's it, got PTSD. It catches up to you. I gotcha. <laughs> all right, and joining us in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm feeling a little out of the loop because I took. I mean. What amounted to about eight hours off of the news cycle yesterday. I went and saw a movie. We did some grocery shopping. Uh, That's like and three what, weeks. Yeah, I know. And, and when I came back, I was like, wait, why is everyone mad at Hope Hicks? I, I mean, other than, <laughs> other than the normal reasons, I, I have no idea what happened. And everybody's, everybody's moved on to that next stage where we're all commenting on the thing instead of talking about what the thing was. So I'm completely I, I in the dark. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either, so... I feel uh, glad to be in the dark on that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, and always we uh, bring guests and interesting conversation. Matt, why don't you let them know who we've got on the line this week? Gladly, yeah, an old friend of the the yeah. podcast. We got no stranger to the show. That's right. Sure. Yeah, uh, wow. Peter Peter Coffin is with us. Peter, it's nice to have you here. It's always Welcome nice back. to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Well, and uh, we're, we're, we didn't just bring you on, as we've done in the past, to talk about um, what, I mean, you always have good perspectives on stuff, but um, <laughs> not we, true. we actually have, well, okay, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a thing to actually discuss this week, which is that yeah. you are publishing a book. Yeah, I, I decided to be a productive human being and uh, have something <laughs> uh, to show for all of the time that I spend doing whatever. Nice. Huh. Well, so I, I, a book I that's like a blog post that you print out, right? Yeah, a really, really long 
compilation of several blog posts. Wow. Wow. For so medium. This, what do this, I think of next? So I think the book, the, the book's called Custom Reality and You. So uh, I think Brendan's question is a good one to start off with because the PDF version is something like, uh, I, I want to say about 200 pages long. Um, and I'm wondering how many screen lengths is that for me uh, uh, when, when I'm looking at my laptop? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that the Kindle one is like, it's a lot longer than that because yeah. uh, uh, it's not even pages on there. That's the PDF is representative of the actual paperback. So yeah, sure. Uh, getting way back into the uh, traditional media. Yeah. Right. So Have you considered releasing it in one long scroll? <laughs> I, I have. I mean, that's um, the traditional a book format. I mean, yeah. kids these days they don't they don't get it. Clay tablets well, or get the fuck out if you're gonna go. <laughs> historical. Well, after that one kid in the suburbs got scroliosis, they decided never again. So, you know. <laughs> so yeah, Peter, that lawsuit I'm... over the Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. he does not like it if you use scroll. He scrolls are outlawed now because of that. <laughs> that done. guy. That that the scroliosis kid just ended your ability to do that one. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Minecraft. It. Jeez. Gosh. So, I blame deregulation. So, Peter, I'm really glad to have you on the show and uh, get a chance to talk to you about your book because uh, I, I've read a good portion of it, and it seems to tie together a bunch of the ideas that you are um, always talking about on your Twitter, on your various uh, YouTube shows. Um, and I think primarily uh, these ideas of uh, cultivated identity and the way that uh, capital uses your consumer habits and causes this uh, sort of extra tribalism or very blinkered view of yourself and your role in society. Um, do, do I have that about right? I would say that's a pretty good assessment of it, using words that say it quicker than if I were to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, though, as, as I was reading the book, it's really nice that um, – you you have such a distinctive voice uh, with a lot of humor um, every time you're talking about these topics. So it's nice that this wasn't a book of just pure theory. There's a lot of, um, you know, like pop culture references and uh, very funny jokes and your own as if you were, you know, responding to a thing in real time. You know, uh, just some of the bonkers examples that you can come up with. But um, will you <laughs> will, will you give us just sort of the quick rundown of this issue of cultivated identity and and how that relates to the the sphere that we're living in right now well um oh you've probably heard the term consumer identity that's ba it's basically the nice sounding version of what i call cultivated identity okay and they Consumer identity and consumer culture are terms that are basically used in market research to try to identify trends in the way people are, are sort of thinking, are trying to find uh, things to consume. Uh, exactly what people are interested in is, is one of the things. But um, I kind of – I view it a little bit less as a passive activity as I would say – um, consumer identity, consumer culture, these things imply sort of observation. But I think that it's more intended to uh, to be sort of passed to the consumer, um, more of an active thing that capital does. And I call it cultivation on account. I think that it's sort of 
it's like as if your identity was a crop, so to speak, and uh, capital, uh, business, whatever, what have you, um, are sort of viewing you as a a means to uh, grow a crop that they can get, um, they can extract value from, they can get profit from. Right. So, by- you're, so you're talking about like fandoms and um, uh, even, I mean, you bring in uh, people who really identify strongly um, with a particular, not necessarily politics, but like a political marketing campaign. Or yeah. Any, like any type of view, personality, um, fandom, like uh, whether it be pop culture, entertainment, or even uh, political fandom, um, like uh, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying this to like take a dump on Chapo Trap House or anything, but they have the Gray Wolves, the quote unquote Gray Wolves. That right. is a fandom, um, and that's not. I mean, they're they're entertainment, but they're kind of the bridge between entertainment and politics in a lot of cases, and. That's, a, in my opinion, a very easy example of like a something that's somewhat of an entertainment and somewhat of a political fandom. You could also say that any politician has a fairly uh, specific following that very, very hard identifies with that politician. And a lot of people call this identity politics, and, and I, I don't think that this is what identity politics. This is, I think, what most people who get angry about identity politics are referring to sort of a consumer identity that has been generated around a political cause or politician. Sure. So you're and, talking about like uh, like Gamergate culture and the response oof, to yeah. And response to demands that uh, video games being a much bigger industry with a much bigger audience than they've ever treated it before start to incorporate more diversity of, um, I'm going to say identity, I I think we're going to use that term a lot here, but um, diversity of of viewpoint, of point of view. And um, so so one of my big questions is how do you distinguish between, I guess, the the cultivated done for profit sort of identity um, like marketing that you're talking about and Mm -hmm. the way people identify in their, I guess like an organic identity, right? Like non-capitalist lives or within their community. Um, Or is that the distinction? I, I I think that basically is the distinction. Um, but I would also say that people sort of exist somewhere on a spectrum between an organic and a cultivated identity because I don't think there's much identity that exists in capitalism that has no consumptive behavior. Yeah. I think that there's some element to it, whether it be created for that purpose, whether an identity be created specifically to attempt to center people around um to put a consumable at the center of something and have people build identity around it. Or if capital co-ops an existing identity and is like, Hey, here's the, this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt. It's only $22. Um, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause people identify as a feminist. People identify as a socialist for that matter, an anarchist or a Republican or a Democrat. All this stuff has associated merchandise, but it's based a lot of the time in the very specific thoughts that a person has, they don't necessarily um, arrive at that because it was cultivated in them. But 
they notice that there's a bunch of people. See, like the Szechuan sauce thing with Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like, mm. that wasn't an intentional marketing thing. They made a joke in the show, and the fandom got, like, just in every way wild over that. And uh, <laughs> McDonald's was like, hey, I see a way we could make a lot of money and get a lot of attention. Right. So it it sort of... And I don't want to call Rick and Morty an organic identity because it's not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's it's not clean cut. So I tried to define it as though it was clean cut, but then also caution that there's a lot of gray area because it's really hard to discuss it when you're like, well, everything is kind of like this, but kind of not yeah, like sure. this. <laughs> well, it, it sounds to me like the distinction you're making is that there are there are organic identities. And yeah. because of the nature of the capitalist system that we're living in, there's always going to be some there's there's always a foot in the door to start yeah. selling like merch around your, well, yeah. your particular and, and, political identity. And look at things like um, the Dove commercial uh, that we did on our show adversaries once a while back. Um, it's, uh, it's was that the one about the, the pay the, gap? That oh oh not not the one where the the black woman turns into a white woman when she washes her skin oh it yeah. was the one to be fair like that kind of stuff they intentionally try to try to piss everybody off so they can give a good apology and it's it's a it's its own marketing <laughs> right. it's just You're a different about kind the one of marketing but it is kind of restaurant. using an identity uh, to encourage specific behaviors and. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I would call it adjacent to it. Yeah. Right. I love how people will buy their anarchism merchandise at the mall. Yeah. Hot Topic. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> it was like when Occupy Wall Street happened and JC put out that uh, Occupy All Street uh, yeah. t-shirt, you know, but then didn't donate any money to Occupy Wall Street. He was or like, when, yeah, uh, I'll just take it. Well, I think you did one where the Pepsi ad... Their, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the Kendall Jenner? Yeah, yeah we yeah. can do that one. Be a part of the conversation or <sighs> something. I I feel like they should have just powered through, and Pepsi could have just been the voice of the hashtag resistance right now if they just stood their ground, you know? They were well, so yeah, close. If, as, you're not as if, wrong. As if the hashtag resistance <laughs> doesn't already have massive corporate influence on it yeah, all the time. Doesn't Donald Trump love Diet Coke or whatever? Like, this was so perfect, Like, and they just gave <laughs> up when people got mad. It's like, of course they're going to get mad. It's political. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's this ridiculous thing that you did. <laughs> right. It's absolutely <laughs> nonsense. But, yeah, if they had just plowed through, like, they could have tapped into some some people, right. probably the resistance people, because oh, that stuff is... Well, and it's just like... That's so a cultivated funny, identity, Because you're going to co-opt the identity of protest, and then when people are like, whoa... I don't. I don't know if we're into that. You're gonna be like, "Oh, sorry, never mind." Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, I clearly you weren't all in. We overstepped on the activism identity stuff. Sorry right. about that. It, oh well, it, it really looked. That's become such a ridiculous, uh, like cycle. The so it was a uh, pixelated boat or crank T Nelson or one of the other kind of big lefty weird Twitter people. Yeah, who was talking about uh, the the cycle now is company does something racist. Company apologizes for the racist thing. More societal backlash. Company apologizes for the apology. More backlash. <laughs> they apologize for the apology of the apology. Right. But uh, well, this... and go ahead. Oh, it's oh, it's a form of advertising. It's getting attention. Right. 
Right. Well, um, and and I was just going to say that Chuck and I were having this discussion uh, before we got the the call going, talking about how these corporations have an incentive not to that to to like fuel that fire. They have the incentive to kind of play both sides, where you know, oh yeah, one one way or another, they're getting their name out there for a whole bunch of people, and if you know it, uh, to abstract from a specific product being sold. Um, like a news outlet or something has sure all of the incentive in the world to do this both siderism where you know they can get people they can give information that either side of any disagreement are gonna lock onto as part of their political identity um which is just that's just right. more customers for a media outlet but obviously there are costs societal costs beyond just you know how much money the the corporation is able to make off of these ideas you know we're like we're witnessing massive almost historically unprecedented division in the country right now about what we're doing and what we what our core beliefs are and peter i mean do you think that that plays into or is that a a result of what you talk about with just the way that all of these ideas have been commodified well, yeah, I do. I think it's it's a direct result of it. The whole I talk about there's a chapter on the marketplace of ideas and what I uh, what I talked about as attentionomics, which is attention as currency in the marketplace of ideas. You get attention, um, acts as currency. If you know what you're doing with that currency, you can invest it, get things back. That's the shortest way I can say that. <laughs> right. But. You know. When you have the incentive, okay, so when everything is commodified, when ideas are commodified, and you put it through a marketplace situation, the goal isn't to come out with the answer, the goal is to continually compete. And if you entertain that, what you do is you further um, entrench everybody in certain ideas. Um, Hey, tonight we've got a debate between blah and blah. And uh, all the people who are on Blah's side and all the people who are on Blah's side are all hyped up for it. And they play it as hard as they can. Uh, just uh, you, you see debates now. They have. Oh, the, yeah, sure. Uh, Bill Nye goes up against Ken Ham to debate right. like whether or not evolution is real. Yeah. And on CNN, like they've been doing it with various uh, political figures as well. Um, since the Trump election and they run like Super Bowl Sunday style graphics packages right. like before all of them there's like dramatic music and right. it's like they know exactly what they're doing they're right. like they do everything they can not to take a side in in the debate um, but they play it up as a spectacle and they essentially get everybody of all sides watching they all get exactly what they want out of right. it and they all hate the other side <laughs> more. Yep. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it does divide everybody further. Like, do I think that the center is the ideal? Absolutely not. But right. I think that a lot of the division is over simply entertaining ideas that are otherwise debunked or just awful. Well, and, and I wonder what you think, too, about, I mean, I was thinking today about how, you know, when I was a kid, I used to read the uh, the letters to the editor in the Omaha World Herald. And Mm -hmm. it was letters to the editor in the Omaha World Herald. So mostly it was cranks writing in. Uh, (laughs) It was usually just laughably bad politics. But (laughs) now we have that, except it's been turned into a game, right? So you can go on on Twitter and the game 
the game isn't necessarily to have good politics. The game is to get the most followers and the most likes. Right. And, you know, you, you can score points in this debate now, whereas the, you know, Phil Soup uh, retiree writing in from Millard or whatever about the, the local bond issue, like he was just doing that because he's cranky. You know, yeah, he's oh, right. <laughs> he didn't get anything out of it. He got to say, "Hey, you see me on the paper," right? <laughs> and everybody was like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> Threw that one right away. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Meantime, Twitter is—it's all metrics oriented. You get more followers, you get more engagement, and it recommends you to more people. So sure. you're incentivized mm. to be as outrageous as you can in whatever it is you're advocating, right? And uh, being everywhere, like the, a lot of people on the left wing won't won't admit that this is their mode of operation, but the closer you get to the center, the more you'll notice that it's amazing how much how wildly divided people who are in the center act. Like in my opinion, more so than the far side. Like you can easily notice the difference between the far left and the far right. Right. But like they're always like, "Hey, look at the people in the center. They're stupid." There's something. That you could at least, I mean, it's not necessarily horseshoe theory, but it's its something you can at least see, like, there's a human constant here. Whereas the people in the center who have these views that are nearly the same, except for one side, doesn't hate, like, immigrants as much. <laughs> right. They and do it they're, quietly and they're to themselves. they're so vehemently angry at each other, so much more so than, it's like... If somebody brings up like a fascist viewpoint, you know, like, all right, well, you're dead to me. <laughs> like, it's not anger. I'm just like, duh. <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm just these people you, are like, that. Have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but like these people get so worked up and angry at each other, like Dave Rubin versus Bill Maher. If you had that, that would be <laughs> right. like a trash fight. They would, they would seemingly be from total opposite ends of the spectrum but like if you compared their views on like a, a graph or something it would yeah. they would not be very different right and and you get that so we partially have like a, a an appearance of more division and partially uh that appearance is perceived by people and perception is reality so reality is like well we're like this now so it gets reinforced sure Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and uh, you see that, you know, you said that um, like people on the left are less willing to admit this than you think they they ought to be. And the thing is, I think they do it uh, knowingly. And part of the identity is that it's ironic, right? It's how you get people. Yes, always, yes. Always, always referring to Twitter as the hell site. You know, where the whole point is just to right. get followers and, you know, get your shitty views out there. And they'll make jokes about that, except making jokes about that societal problem has become part of that identity. And they, they remain, they remain consumers of the product Twitter that part of their brand is to hate all the time. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's an interesting feedback loop, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. And uh, I mean, it, I, I, I'm really enjoying the book. Like I said, I haven't, I haven't quite finished it, but uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, these ideas that you've been sharing through your videos and on Twitter and, and uh, the other articles that you write, it's nice to have those in a long form to really develop that, that theory out. So, um, yeah, so the book is Custom Reality and You by Peter Coffin. And uh, when, when will people be able to pick that up? 
It's out on February 21st. Um, the pre-order is available for the ebook, and on the 14th, I'm going to put up the order for the paperback, because they don't let you do the pre-orders mm. uh, on the self-published book, so okay. I'm just going to put... It takes like two weeks with the self-published book, so I figure I'll put it up a couple weeks ahead of time. Do you get to yeah. design the cover? Yeah. Um, I bet that was cool. It, it was fairly cool. It I... I basically like made a really abstract well not really abstract you can tell what it is but using some filters I I took a stock photo and made it into something fairly stylized of a VR headset. Nice. Nice. Do you note in the book that it was a stock photo cuz I think that actually helps a lot um to <laughs> visually communicate kind of uh some of the points that you're making there. I actually didn't say anything about it. <laughs> you should have kept the watermark the, on it. I'll say I made the cover. That was the very last thing I did. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Oh, really? I thought you would start with that. Just be like, got to get this cool cover first, and then I'll write cover a book. Cover. <laughs> yeah, I'll just conform all of the theory within these pages to this visual representation. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, uh, let's, let's take a little break. We can uh, jump back in and... Um, get Peter's perspective on some of these other topics we had here if he wants to stick around. Sweet. Cool, cool. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders used the official White House Press Secretary Twitter account Sunday to complain that Amazon's Alexa had ordered an expensive Batman toy without her permission. Sanders tweeted, Alexa, we have a problem. If my two-year-old can order a Batman toy by yelling Batman over and over again into the Echo. Some Twitter users have commented that it was inappropriate for Sanders to use the official Twitter account to complain about the mistake. So, Peter, is your custom reality, is it virtual reality? Is that what the custom reality is all leading to? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of. It's like if, if virtual reality was everything. The holodeck. And not like, the, not like simulation theory. Like, you're kind of customizing reality around you. Actually, now that you bring up completely simulated reality, I mean, ultimately, does any of this matter if we are all brains in jars? Like Futurama. You know, and it's just other brains in jars playing tricks on us. I will admit on this podcast, I am fully bought in on simulation theory. <laughs> simulation theory. I think that is totally real. I think what Peter's actually advocating for is the world of Ready Player One. Yes, that's that's what I like <laughs> and want to happen. <laughs> I want everybody in the world to be living in stacked trailers and uh -huh. partaking in, in VR in this really high-tech, one-to-one reality version of everything that you can yeah. get whatever you want drive whatever you want dress however you want most absurd possible way in 80s references yeah <laughs> absolute environmental degradation outside of the simulation corporate ownership of everything and i want there to be a big power crisis yeah which makes the whole thing make tons of sense because every single person partaking in this vr <laughs> is running a computer which is generating a one-to-one -one reality for them. But with the power of the cloud. I believe there's a power crisis. <laughs> right. It's all solar. That's what they don't tell you. Would people just be sitting the whole time? That's a great question. I don't know. P probably. Because I, I feel like people would be dying. The idea of <laughs> VR is cool, but if you have to walk around, you get tired after like 20 minutes. They want you to play yeah. the game for all day long. You can't be moving. Yeah, you're going to be getting hit by those self-driving cars and shit. But at the same time, if you're sitting down... <laughs> If you're seated all day, 
then you're going to die of those like blood embolisms that Koreans oh, sure. in those video game factories like sweatshops get. Just- Chuck, you got a desk oh. job. You're already doing it all day, man. No, but I get up and walk around all the time. <laughs> so. Chuck's not getting bed sores from his, yeah. from his job. Right oh, well, now. aren't you fancy? You got one of those Apple watches that tells you to get up? Also, we've got a gym in our building, so... Who has time? Who has time for that? Well, actually, no, this, this reminds me of another thing, uh, an article I saw today about how Amazon is working on... It's going to be like a Fitbit that you wear when you're at work. Except instead of tracking your heartbeat and sleep cycles, what it does is keeps track of where you are at all moments all day and gives you a little nudge if you're not doing a thing right. Oh, so great. if you're being like <laughs> less less productive than you could be or something, it'll wow. start sending you reminders that, you know, management's watching you. That sounds great. Oh, speaking of that, did you see that that Stava app was used to like, yes. was giving away a secret base location or whatever? Wait, was it Stava? It was, Stava? It's a website that collates data from Fitbits and other fitness trackers. Okay. So you can see like the route you took for like cycling or running and all that kind of stuff. Like the guy who like ran through London and drew a perfect. I don't remember what he drew. It was. It was probably. Oh, I think we all know. It was like a dick butt <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, that sounds about right. Okay, but yeah, no, like the guys who would be like, I'm on a secret military base in the middle of like remote Pacific Islands right. like, in Syria. Better go for a jog. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, and I'm gonna just dr- jog all around the perimeter of the base. Yeah, and uh, give following away the, look. the the outlines of every single building on the base. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was pretty dystopian, man. I think this kind of thing is going to happen more and more. Because the funny thing, too, is that it wasn't like, oh, this data got hacked or whatever. Like, what a scandal. It was like, oh, it turns out, like, this has actually been available for years. And just no oh, one knows sure. until right. right now. Oh, just freely right. available. It was like, all you sure. had to do was zoom in and be like, oh, hey, look at that. Well, they were contemplating, the, like, the people that do that Roomba or whatever, that, like, vacuum that drives yeah. around on your house and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, mapping the floor plane of your house and selling that data. Oh, yeah. That's I can't ridiculous. wait for that. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, man. People people have been doing that on social media right. forever and taking the, like, extended video where they turn the lights off and turn the Roomba on with, like, some LED lights on it. And then they take the, the right. time-lapse video of it moving around. And it does end up right. mapping literally everything in the room there's there's nothing to stop yeah. anybody from the thing that we know about the smart household or all, yes. all of these uh, internet enabled alexas gadgets and stuff, and stuff. yeah alexa and oh, the yeah. internet of things right yeah the internet of things there's no opsec here like they're trivially easy to hack into and start stealing all sorts of data never mind that all that data is already going to whatever corporation owns the thing anyway yeah and that means that it's going to all corporations <laughs> exactly because they just make money <laughs> right. selling that right. shit oh, to yeah. each other of course and then eventually whoever hacks into whichever corporation because you know that never happens right. it's not like toshiba had, or sony had like all of their <laughs> yeah. movies stolen <laughs> right. by like Three dudes one time. <laughs> right. Well, I love Sarah Huckabee Sanders recently tweeted something like Garfield. Oh, I hate Amazon because how did my five year old buy a seventy dollar Batman action figure just by like screaming Batman, Batman, Batman over again? <laughs> and you're like, first of all, your kids sound horrible. Amazon needed to make it Trump friendly. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And I bet Trump was like, oh, that Amazon's making me so mad with their dankness. Right, seriously. They're dropping the dankness on me. You've got to take them down a peg, Sarah. Help me out. Look, hot take, though. Bruce Wayne would have been a Trump supporter. I think you're definitely right about he, that. Yeah. He absolutely would have been. And so she tweets to basically admit, like, I have a recording device in my house at all times that's listening to everything I say. <laughs> and I don't even have a password on it because my kids can just yell Batman and make it by Batman. Right, it's so adorable. Hopefully her enemies aren't <laughs> paying attention to that shit. Yeah. Right. And you would think in a normal administration, this would be a problem because you'd be like, oh my God, she's the communications director and the spokesperson. Like she's going to be having all these high level conversations about like what's going on right. in crises. <laughs> yeah. Except like in reality, like she doesn't even find out what's happening until she's like, I have to go on and do a press conference in like 20 minutes. Like what's what's happening today? They're like, ah, we don't know. We well, didn't that's why her face right. always <laughs> looks like she's confused in Garfield and stuff. I mean, that's that's literally the the face you see with Sarah, just confused as shit. So it's like that that comic Kathy was about the Sarah Huckabee Sanders office life at the White House. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Sarah Huckabee Sanders sees him tweet, she just goes. Ah! <laughs> so here's the thing, though: can these companies actually be? held criminally liable for giving away secrets or some shit. Nah. You know, government secrets? (laughs) Well, we'll see. I don't know. I assume that that would be covered under the the Digital Millennium Copyright Mm. Act, which is the one that says that somebody who's facilitating internet traffic, so the owner of a website or something like that, isn't isn't liable for the information that goes across whatever that thing is. Okay. Oh, I'm sure in the terms and conditions of like whenever you talk to an Alexa... It's just like you send you an email where it's like, oh, have your lawyer read this or whatever. And it's like 7,000 pages long. Right. I'm sure there's something in there about how they're not liable for shit. But if I go on YouTube or whatever and put out a, a video that says, hey, anyone that hates America or terrorists or anything, just use start using these apps. Here's a list of apps you should use. And then they would probably bust me for like <laughs> providing material support, even though it's like publicly accessible information, you know, like terrorist app Rex. Yeah, sure. I, I want to troll the um, war crime tribunal or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like if Sarah Huckabee Sanders gets a megaphone and goes out into the street and starts like shouting classified information, you don't sue the maker of megaphones and be like, well, the megaphones well, allowed true. this to happen. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Although she probably would. What I'm saying is I want to consult for like the bad guys and make a buck <laughs> so i have an idea yeah man alexa hacking has to be huge i mean they have you to know get into it. they have to know oh absolutely so. they there's no way they don't well amazon has been listening to all of us out there saying like oh we need so much health care and everything this this trump care is a disaster so they collated all this data and then they decided oh hey we're just gonna run health care in america now with warren buffett and i don't even remember who the other person was right bezos and what we actually needed was just a a consolidation of the billionaire power <laughs> that's in charge of healthcare yeah. in America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sadly, it, it couldn't get much worse. So it turns out, uh, and that's the bullshit thing because it's like they saw, yeah, it on the horizon. They saw the writing on the wall, and that's the only reason they were get, they got behind it because Warren Buffett was a totally in the pocket for Hillary Clinton supporter. And was not for Medicaid for all back when Bernie was saying it, and now all of a sudden they're like, "Well, we got to do the right thing for the people." Man. Well, and Warren Buffett, I mean, look at, he gets accolades because he'll give a speech about how I'm taxed at a lower rate than my secretary is, or he's he's made that vow. And that's not fair. Most of his fortune is going to go to charities when he dies and all that. But, 
you also have to look at where he got his money. I mean, he owns Mutual of Omaha. I mean, that's an ins- that's a health insurance company. Well, right. You know, plus that pina colada song. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I mean, <laughs> you're thinking of Jimmy Buffett, and it's not pina colada; it's Margaritaville pina coladas. <laughs> Who sang the Pina Colada song? Oh, what is that guy's name? It's like a one-hit Somebody wonder else. guy. Rupert Holmes. Somebody who's not Warren Buffett <laughs> at I'm all. I'm pretty sure it's Rupert. That song happens to be about two people who were trying to cheat on their spouses using the classified ads. But that, even that, is a thing that has become commodified, as we found out when Ashley Madison got hacked. And it turned out that, like, half the married <laughs> men in America were signed up for an Ashley Madison account. I was like, somebody signed up my public email address to that. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you report it to the FBI? A lot of people had that. Their public-facing addresses were in that database. <laughs> and, like, the Gamergate people were like, look what he's done. And it's like, that's my public-facing email address. Why would I use that? Just to be a little personal with that, Peter, I think it's hilarious that... The same people who would say, like, look at this guy trying to cheat on his wife. Also, see your wife in the videos that you put out together and are like, there's no way that this schlub ended up with this. People like, say that. <laughs> Scottish supermodel. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't have yeah. it both ways. Oh, like, yeah. People say that constantly. If OK, on stuff that isn't my videos, they'll say that I don't have a wife and that I made her up. Right. On stuff that is my videos, there they try to point out how our body language indicates how bad <laughs> how bad our relationship is. <laughs> it's really funny. The only people in the world who make part of their cultivated identity that I've never once had a conversation with a woman, much less touched her, are are also the experts on you know female body language and well yeah, yeah. well they've taken all of the courses, <laughs> bought all the books, right? Um, that's the stuff that's important. Whatever, yeah. whatever stuff they bought from Roosh V, the incels. Oh man, I don't know if we want to go into incels on this show. Probably shouldn't. That's a good break point. We, <laughs> right. we covered a lot. We covered a lot in that we segment. Did. We hit our we hit our breaking point. <laughs> Over 350 years ago, England's capital city, London, burned to the ground. The Great Fire started shortly after midnight on Sunday, the 2nd of September, 1666. The extent of the destruction was massive. Eight in every ten buildings was consumed by the fire, including over 13,000 houses and 87 churches. So we've been talking about a lot of very... uh like modern issues, the developments of modernity on this show. And for a high note, I wanted to take us back through the the annals of history um, and a, a Twitter account that I've really been enjoying for um, for quite a while now. Um, it's at Samuel Peeps, spelled P-E-P-Y-S. And it's a chronological... It's, it's a centuries-old Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Because because what it is is the chronological diary entries of a guy named Samuel Pepys who lived uh, from, like, the mid-1600s to the early 1700s. And he has this incredibly famous diary because it was very well-preserved and he ended up chronicling a lot of events that were happening uh, in London at the time. He was just kind of a merchant guy. He had a pretty comfortable life, so he could get off of work and be like, um, some of the entries are hilarious where he talks about, you know, had another fight with the wife about how she wanted more fabric to make dresses. And I was like, look, wait until I get paid. And then she went to bed in a huff or whatever. But everybody's been waiting for the longest time 
for him to get to the main event of this diary, the, the reason that it's really well known, which is the Great Fire of London. And just tonight, and I'm pulling the tweet up right now, just tonight, Samuel Peeps, at Samuel Peeps, tweeted, After being in bed, my people come and say there is a great stink of burning, but no smoke. And I think the fire's about to break out, you guys. I'm really excited. I've, I've gotten to know this guy <laughs> for the past couple of years, and this is the thing that's going to happen. The, the great fire is starting. Wait, so do, do we know if he survived the fire or? Oh, I don't, actually. I got his, <laughs> oh, his paper oh, no. diary did. <laughs> yeah, what was this guy uh, writing on? Yeah, no, it, it looks like I guess like the it. fire was far away. It no, was I've got over the, there. I've got the wiki pulled up right now. It, it looks like he ended up being a, a member of parliament and inducted into the Royal Society wow. and um, died. Let's see. Yeah. Died in a different fire. Yeah, Man. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, just... The irony. You should write a Broadway musical about he this dude. He died at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of hand. <laughs> Seriously. There's somebody shooting hairspray at it. <laughs> like, see what it does? <laughs> <laughs> So is the gist of it like, oh, the people of the 1600s or whatever, like, they're just like us? Oh, no, not really. I mean, he is absolutely <laughs> he is absolutely the most, like, bourgeoisie, um, just fussy little man, you know? And it, you get this from all of the stuff that he publishes where it's like, we went to have dinner at this person's house. I didn't think the mutton was very good, you know? It's like uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been listening to like the Ricky Gervais show and half the time I'm reading uh, Samuel Peepis in the voice of Carl Pilkington, where yeah. it's just this completely dull, like I don't really like anything <laughs> sort of voice. Uh, he's always very. Ha Can you imagine if somebody like broke into his house? And just posted all that shit out there in the town square. Oh man, he's yeah. like, my account's been hacked. My account's been hacked. <laughs> well, and we yeah. told you to use two factor. That's that's true. <laughs> I should have wrote your diary in code like a real man. Come on. Invisible Why didn't you encrypt ink, this? Man, you got to encrypt that shit. <laughs> well, and actually, no. I'm I'm wondering if that would have helped him or hurt him at the time because it looks like he got imprisoned in 1689 on suspicion of Jacobitism, um, which had to do with uh, oh, the, fuck the, is the Catholic Church and uh, the yeah. various, like, clan wars in, like, Ireland. Ooh. So, yeah. The Jacobins. Yeah. Sounds like he was a rough dude. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> he, was, he was held for suspicion for a while and then uh, never... Uh, oh, held maybe for suspicion maybe a couple one of those. Times. Oh, what's that? Mm. But never successfully prosecuted. So maybe, oh, wow. maybe, maybe Samuel Pepys had a a little bit livelier life than he even writes down in his in his diary. He's a I don't smooth know. operator, this Samuel Pepys. <laughs> well, he certainly had the court of public opinion on his side. It seems. <laughs> you know? well, Samuel Pepys. Yeah, certainly now. Yeah. So that's that's my high note for the week. Is that uh, this this account at Samuel Pepys? That's P E P Y S. It's a thing you should follow and go back through the the archives for. But the main event's about to start, and everyone's really excited about it. Samuel Pepys. Well, dude. I always love it when you hold it down for your peeps, Matt. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do all of his diary entries end with peeps out? 
It ends with hashtag, you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah, he tags all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon makes sure they get out to everybody. Yeah. Amazon is eventually going right. to make a, an Amazon Prime series, and it's going to be called like, oh, Peep, yeah. Peeps Show. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, I would love, this is actually would be perfect to be like, he's doing the medieval equivalent of like vlogging. I mean, so yeah. it makes, it only mm-hmm. makes sense to just do like a, <laughs> you know, they could get like Boz Luhrmann to do it or like who did that? Like Kirsten Dunst, like Marie Antoinette movie. Yeah. They, oh yeah. This oh, is totally true. doable. <laughs> they should just do a platform oh. where it's just classic tweets, <laughs> but peeps <laughs> and have it be like <laughs> the silhouette. There we yeah. go. And have it be the, the peep. Easter silhouette <laughs> instead of the blue bird. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. There we yep. go. There it is. Peeps tweets. The <laughs> fandom. The fandom is going to start referring to themselves as the peeps peeps. And yeah, they yeah. should cast right. Jake yeah. Paul. <laughs> and we'd be the pied peepers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go over there. <laughs> yeah, that, man, one's a high, we, that one's a high, high note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We better just go straight out from there. Well, I look forward. I thankfully I'm Amazon heard everything joke. we said, so this is going <laughs> right. to be in production yep. like tomorrow. Seriously, it'll be in production. It's going to be competing against your book on their platform. Yeah, <laughs> on Amazon.com.net. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you should definitely shout out the book again, Peter, and let everyone know where they uh, where they can find it. Uh, well, you can find it on Amazon.com. It's uh-huh. called Custom, Rea- <laughs> Custom Reality and You. Um, if you have uh, one of those Alexas, I don't know if you can actually easily find it, so I would just avoid the Alexa altogether. <laughs> right, I want the Alexa robot voice to just read the yeah. whole book to me out loud, loud with the robot voice. <laughs> yeah. Just scream, I want Peter Coffin's book in your house as loud as you can. Multiple <laughs> times. It, it should happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe maybe if you're Sarah Huckabee Sanders' child, you'll get it. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So spoiled. But maybe. you're setting a high intellectual bar there for the for the audience. So I'm not sure that they have that level, but <laughs> Yeah, well well we can't all be on the upper rungs of society. It just it, otherwise right. there are that's no right. upper rungs of society. Yeah, that's just not, how it works. Yeah, we we're not all of Samuel Peeps. You that's guys. right. No. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We can't all just jer- chronicle it all day. <laughs> hey, guys. But we do a lot. It's Sam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I should stop making jokes hey, on, along those lines, though, because I am on Twitter all the time. So <laughs> We are on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Well, you've, Matt definitely. You've seen my Twitter, I assume. <laughs> so right. I don't even have to say anything. He was the original him. hipster, right. man. He was doing it before it was cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, well, shout out your Twitter, too, here. It's at Peter Coffin. Peter Coffin? <laughs> yeah. At Peter Coffin. It's it's really not an exciting uh, Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> okay. Unless you okay. really like vampires. I don't know. Right. Well, you've got a pink background. That's exciting. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty much Maybe the same Magenta for your uh, YouTube channel as well, right? That it's they can, Peter, yeah, everything yeah. I have is Peter Coffin. Yeah. Because I figured that it'd be good uh, just... For uniform purposes, yeah, um, right. I don't have right. any like brand interesting name to call myself. So, <laughs> <I> just, hey, 
<laughs> so <laughs> that works, and that's actually catchy because it's easily it's memorable. So so next <laughs> next book series, teen vampire romance. It's 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 hot right now. I think you're yeah. perfect for it. Sure. I actually said in this book that my next book should have more vampires in it <laughs> for that reason, because it's the upcoming trend. Oh, I was going to say, you're I'm looking predicting. on the forefront of the trend. I'm predicting. <laughs> All good for your brain. That's soon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just around the bend. In a well, small period of time. <laughs> uh, right. In the near future. We'll make... <laughs> well, we'll make that prediction on Twitter so that it's solidified out there in the internet. That's right. Yeah, and so that it gets can... in the Library of Congress. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's going to be archived. <laughs> and you can uh, follow Liquid Flannel on Twitter and also like us on iTunes, as well as following us individually. You know you can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W. All right, you've been listening to Liquid Flannel. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Peeps out. <laughs> Peeps out. <laughs> nice. I was educated in the peeps. <laughs>